to Constant Smiles. Hey, everybody, what's up? And welcome back to the Constant Smiles podcast. I'm your host, Rich Constantine, here with my co-host and main man, Elijah Desmond. Hey, everybody. (laughs) So on episode one, uh, you got to hear Elijah grill me a little bit and ask me a few questions so you can get to know me. And now we're back for episode two, and we're going to do the same to learn a little bit about Elijah. So Elijah, are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Let's start off the way we always do, and let's learn a little bit about you through your music. So if I told you I wanted to play an old school song that really made you get hype, what old school song would you pick? No question. I didn't have to think about it. It's Regulators from Warren G and Nate Dogg. Why Regulators? Well, it brings back a very specific memory uh, for me. And the memory is I'm in my, uh, in my cousin's car, in my dad's car, in my family's car everybody's car and I'm bringing around this tape. It was a recorded tape and I'm putting it on everybody's car and I'm like so proud of myself because I remember all the lyrics. And still to this day, I can tell you every lyric of that song and I'm just happy whenever I hear the music. Uh, we all had the tapes and I remember when CDs came out, I had the converter and put the CD in and then the wire went to the tape and then you put the tape in the cassette <laughs> of the old car. But all right, so what's rocking in your car right now? What's your favorite favorite new school song? Oh, definitely it's You Stay by DJ Khaled. And why DJ Khaled? Well, uh, as, you, as you know, I'm actually going to, uh, through training right now to be a DJ. I only have three months left, and, um, you know, DJ Khaled, there's something about him. He got this swagger to him. You know, every single time you hear, DJ Khaled, we the best. So anytime that he comes out with a banger, you just got to listen to it. So I have that song on repeat. I'm guilty for listening to songs for like two weeks, and then I'm just over it. Like I'm done. I've heard it enough times. So I'm listening to that song on repeat through all the airports as I'm traveling all over the place. And, uh, you know, it's relatable. He's down here an hour from me in South Florida. Um, And uh, I just like DJ Khaled a lot. His music video is great. As you got to see in this music video, you know, this guy's pulling up in a yacht and his man's living the life. I just like everything about uh, DJ, DJ Khaled. So um, I'm just a fan of him and his music. And uh, hey, maybe one day he'll be on the bucket list for us to interview DJ Khaled. He's going to be on my list for sure. That would be good. So you're, so you're telling the audience that in a couple months we can expect to see some action on the ones and twos, huh? Yes, absolutely. And you can't see this right now, but and for those that are listening to the podcast, you really can't see this. Uh, so you have to subscribe to the YouTube channel, but I'm going to let you see what's right beside me. Yeah. That is what you like to see. That is the Pioneer Mix Table. That's serious. Yeah, that, that's serious. So um, <laughs> I don't know. I might, I might have to get on those lessons myself, give you a little bit of, bat- of, of a battle one day. Maybe maybe you guys would like to come out and see me and Dr. Constantine do a DJ battle, a silent, <laughs> silent, silent battle. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. So I think for those of you that can see us, you uh, you probably can guess where Elijah's from based on the shirt that he has on because no one else roots for those fools. But 
tell us a little bit about where you're from and why you're wearing that the Ohio State University uh, T-shirt. Absolutely. Well, clearly I'm from the Ohio State University. And, uh, you know, I, I was raised on this big farm uh, in Ohio. And, uh, you know, I, I thought it would be great to move down here to Florida, um, where I live now. However, um, you know, I didn't want to move too far away. I had a little brother and sister. I'm close with both my parents. And I wanted to stay closer to home. Um, I was offered a full-ride scholarship. And uh, so I decided that I would go to Ohio State uh, University. Unfortunately, uh, my scholarship was not uh, in, in sports. I have a sports story that I actually talk to kids about as a motivational a speaker, but my scholarship was in academics. I ended up testing out of college at 15 years old. So I stayed in Ohio um, for the first part of my, my, my whole life on this big farm. And I actually got a really different um, uh, life growing up as a kid is different than a lot of people. See, um, my mom uh, is is white, my dad is black, and I got two different complete sides of life, right? My mom married um, a into a family that was very well off, a white, a white man and, and a family was very well off on a big farm. And my dad remarried a black lady and she actually um, had her family was living in the projects. So I got to see a whole spectrum of life growing up. A lot of a lot of times kids don't see everything. They see one or the other. I got to see all the in-between, but it was actually pretty cool uh, because I got love from four different families. It wasn't just one. So awesome. So since we're on your past, tell me when was the last time you used a hairbrush? <laughs> about as long as it's been since you've been in the sun. Um, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> that are not watching, uh, Elijah's a little light on the, the hair, and uh, I'm a little pasty right now. So. <laughs> Good comeback. Good comeback. <laughs> so, another thing that's, uh, that's kind of cool, and, and uh, I, I didn't think to ask this question until uh, I saw... Um, the, the tattoo sleeve that you have down your arm, but where where all have you lived? Where all have I lived? So um, yeah, that, I have that sleeve here of all the places I lived. Um, you know, I moved from Ohio over to um, after I graduated from Ohio State, I moved to Hawaii, lived in Hawaii for three and a half years, and then I moved uh, to Las Vegas. I lived in Las Vegas for almost three years, which is where I met my beautiful wife, um, and then I moved down here to South Florida. I live um, about an hour uh, north of Miami, and uh, I plan on living living here forever. So that's awesome, man. So you went, you went to Ohio State. Why why dentistry? Why did you decide to go into dentistry? Oh, good question. Well, first off, I'll tell you, growing up on a farm is hard. It's hard work. You know, um, growing up on a farm, it's like you have to be baling hay or shoveling shit or, you know, doing some hard work out in the sun. And like, I always thought like, I wanna be in some air conditioning <laughs> and, and, and making some really good money, not like heavy, intense labor stuff. If I wanna do labor, I wanna, I wanna be in the gym, like pushing weights. I do not wanna be 
making money using my hands, picking up stuff and sweating like crazy. This didn't make sense to me. Um, and my uncle is a dentist. My aunt is a hygienist. My mom is an office manager. And it was just like a perfect fit for me to go into, uh, into dentistry. So I decided um, I wasn't going to stay practicing clinically. So it made no sense for me to go to school for eight years to be a dentist. It, it made more sense for me to go to school. I went for six years. Uh, you only got to go. You don't got to go to school that long. But I went for six years to college at Ohio State um, to be a dental hygienist. And I knew I wasn't going to stay in there, but it, you know, I had it in my mind. It takes money to make money. So start off making forty dollars an hour in Hawaii as a hygienist, and then started my first business. And if I weren't making that initial seed money, I wouldn't be able to start the first business. So I needed to take a good profession that I wasn't in school for a super long time and essentially use that to skyrocket my business career. That's awesome. I, I failed to mention when you interviewed me that my experience with farm life, my family has a, a farm in Pennsylvania as well. And uh, I know all about the, the bale and the hay and the, the mulching of tomatoes and, and all that stuff. But my grandpa used to call me half a day hairy because I would only work from eight to 12 and then I would have to go to, to practice during the summer. But I got, I got some good time in uh, on the farm and it was a, it was a good time and I a think, bad time. But looking back, it was a great experience. I think maybe we should have a, a hay bale throwing contest. Yeah, I'm down with that for sure. Me and Rich are going to Pittsburgh this weekend. We'll have to go to, uh, we'll have to, go to a farm near Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> see who can see who can throw a bale of hay the furthest. <laughs> but yeah, the farm was good life. I mean, I remember uh, you know riding riding horses and um, you know riding four wheelers and dirt bikes and going fishing and you know not wearing shoes. Like man, I can't imagine going out of the house now with no shoes and no socks. Like that's nasty. And my feet on rocks. Get out of here. It was like. <laughs> Jumping in ponds, like I would never jump into anything but clear water. Now, like, but we, when you're growing up as a kid, you don't know any better, you know. So it was a, it was a good life though, growing up. Now he's in the salon, getting the shiny buff from the ladies on his toenails. <laughs> so, you, so you tell me that you just let your dog go? You don't get a pedicure? No, I do. I just okay. this is this is my interview of you, not you of me. So. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to talk about you climbing trees. That's <laughs> why I got holes in my sheets. <laughs> Cutting them up. <laughs> so you've had a long journey, lived in a lot of states, uh, had, had a unique upbringing, but what would you say is the, the hard, probably the hardest thing that you've had to do? The hardest thing that I ever had to do? Um... I would probably say admitting failure. Um, You know, as a motivational speaker, you know, I I started as a motivational speaker at 15 years old when I tested into college and I had it all wrong as a motivational speaker before. I thought that as a motivational speaker, you were supposed to talk about all your successes. And for a long time, I did talk about all the successes that I had. And it's almost like I didn't think it was okay to have failures. Mm -hmm. And I had it all wrong. And whenever I had my first failure to admit that that it was a complete failure it was it was the hardest thing that I ever had to do 
But then I realized that people don't grow off of your successes. It can actually be the op- doing the opposite. You know, people can think that you're bragging, right, or boasting about what you're doing. People actually grow off of your your failures more than they do your successes. So it was really a, it was a learning moment. So me failing on one of my first business, I had multiple businesses. It was a um, was was probably the, the the biggest failure, but it was a success in its in itself. One of one of the closest people to me has has you know said something a while back to me that has resonated the last few years for me, and that was that there really are no failures. You can't fail unless you quit. As long as you keep going, maybe something didn't work out the way you thought it would, but it was a, a way that you were able to learn and 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 to get better. And I think that's so important when you're speaking to others, and and why people enjoy listening to you is because people want to see vulnerability and and people and. They want to know that, that, you know, nobody's perfect and that things don't always work out the way that you want to. The important thing is to, to keep trying and, and keep trying to help people. So I think that's, that's an awesome, awesome message. Um, with all the businesses that you have and, and everything that you do, what do you do when you're not working? What are, what are some of your hobbies? Man, this is quite embarrassing, actually, because I have not had a hobby. Um, pretty much since I left Hawaii. I left Hawaii in 2012. Um, That's so embarrassing. I left Hawaii in 2012 and my hobby there was surfing. Um, I I had a crotch rocket, you know, um, and and I rode around the island and I also had a um, a longboard. So I was surfing there, but I had not had a hobby because I was so entrenched in building businesses. I've now, you know, in the 10 years since I graduated, I've built 11. So when people ask me that question before, my hobby was building businesses, like business was my hobby. Mm-hmm. And the more I said that and the older that I grew, I'm like, how do I not actually have a real hobby? And so this podcast, this video podcast, and me going and training to be a DJ, um, along with the nonprofit that I have started, which we'll talk about later, um, this is now my hobby. So music in this podcast, this is a, this is my hobby. This is what this is the stuff I look forward to, the stuff I'm doing for fun. Um, you know, playing music for people and 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 motivating the kids. That is my hobby. So um, it's awesome to finally be able to answer somebody when they ask me that question. That's awesome, man. I bet that was a really big uh, surfboard that you had. <laughs> <laughs> so we went back to Hawaii together. They they call you. Are you the big Kahuna? The big Kahuna. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering on our first podcast. I'm like, I wonder, like, what's a what's a a good mix of jokes? And I don't want to ask too many. I don't want to embarrass him, but like, you realize you just took it to a whole other level. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I took it to another level. You know, anything that's worth doing is worth overdoing. Uh, yeah. Kind of like the level up dance that you did, where you were real stiff talking about. <laughs> Level up. <laughs> Wondering why you got all the million views. <laughs> hey, just, just keep smiling, man. Just keep smiling. <laughs> all right. All right. Bring it back. More serious. More serious. Okay. I'm sure you've had some mentors in, in your life uh, that have motivated you to, to do a lot of the things that you do, but who would you say is your uh, your hero? Uh, hands down, it's my dad. 
no, no questions asked. Um, that's my hero. That's my mentor. You know, there's a lot, of, there's a lot of people out there that are, um, they're doing big things, but they all seem like really like unreachable, un- untouchable. Don't seem realistic, <clears throat> but I was able to essentially watch my dad, um, as a young kid, constantly helping people, constantly giving back um, and doing the right thing, you know, in the midst of a big city to where most people, a lot of people are into all the wrong things or they're suffering in some capacity. They're on welfare or they're doing drugs or they're in gangs or they're selling drugs. And to see, you know, um, someone in that, in those surroundings, but completely uh, prospering and doing right. I and mean, he, he was awarded um, businessman of the year, but uh, from the NAACP wow. in Canton, Ohio, uh, which is in the crazy, that's where your wife uh, went to, to, to high school. Yeah. Um, small world, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's started, he has a beauty salon. He has a lawn care business. Uh, he has a snow plowing business. He has group homes. You know, he owns multiple houses. He owns like eight or nine cars. Um, and he is just always about doing the right thing. I remember going to this thing called the Brick City Reunion. And I didn't know what the heck Brick City was before, but the Brick City is the projects, right? And he just, you know, brought all the projects together and fed the whole, the entire, all the projects with all this food and had foul shooting contests and best hair and um, a talent show and a DJ. And it was a, it was a safe place where everybody came. There was never no gang violence. Um, it was always um, a happy place. And so, you know, my dad would always have, have money, money in his pocket. And he was always generous with it. He would always just give and give a lot. And so that was what I was raised on. That's what I came up. And so that's who shaped me to who I am today. So no questions asked. I don't have to think real hard about it. I didn't have to like go to a whole bunch of Tony Robbins concerts and you know go go listen to somebody that's all the way up here. It's my dad, no question. That's awesome. I uh, really looked up to my dad and grandfather as well. And um, my my practice is is named after my family because um, I think you're the type of person that knows too that that these last names that we have are just loaned to us. Uh, they're not they're not just ours they reflect every every decision we make reflects on our families and it's important to to hold that uh in utmost of importance so that's awesome man um as we close out here we run out of time but uh give us an idea of of what's next for you what you have planned and and what your why is and why you are pursuing these these um these next goals absolutely uh so first off i'll go ahead and start with I have, um, when I went into motivational speaking, it was about the age of 15 years old when I tested into college. And there was no better feeling that I ever had than going into a high school and essentially speaking to, to everyone and, and leaving the high school or leaving the event. And afterwards, it would be kids that wanted to sit down and talk with you. And I would leave with, my, my whole shoulder just drenched with kids crying. The best feeling ever to know that you made an impact. And that feeling is something that I took with me, you know, through life. I'm 32 years old now, so let's fast forward, you know, 12 years. Well, as I, uh, you know, went on to, uh, in college, 
uh, I could still continue to speak. And then when I got out of college and started in business, I began speaking a lot in dentistry. You know, at one point I was speaking um, up to 10 cities a month uh, all throughout the world. Wow. I spoke a lot for Invisalign. I spoke a lot for Stroman. And then I went independent as a speaker in dentistry. And um, I said, okay, I want to chop my speaking down a lot. I only speak three or four times a month. And, you know, I had a, a good friend in dentistry from Seattle Study Club. He came up to me and said, do not leave dentistry. Say, you want to focus now back on speaking in the high schools. That's your why, is speaking to the high schools and changing kids' lives. Don't leave dentistry. You have a lot of traction. Go into these events in dentistry and say, okay, if you would like me to speak there as part of the contract, you have to get a high school for me to speak at while I'm there. Mm -hmm. And it's worked great. So now, like, I just left, you know, Jamaica a few months ago. I got to go speak for Dr. Anissa Holmes. And she gets a all girls high school for me to speak at. So I get to go and do my thing on the, on the stage in dentistry, but then I get to go to this high school and make a massive impact. And I'm not talking about anything in, in dentistry. So I go and I have the, 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 the talk and I'm, you know, in a, in a good, good place. Like it's my happy place, but I'm like, okay, well, how do I make a bigger impact in these high schools? What do I do to, to, to make to leave a, a, a bigger um, a bigger imprint, bigger, bigger message with these kids. So what I've decided to do is, is I've decided to create something called a motivational concert. And so what a motivational concert is, and I'll bring this, this will all come full circle here at the end, but essentially I have created um, a motivational concert where it's not just me that's speaking on these stages throughout the world. It will be other motivational speakers and other celebrities that will be coming with me and get, sharing messages with 10 to 20 high schools in one football stadium. Okay. So um, for those of you, you know, they're listening, you never heard me speak before, but you can probably look up some videos. Um, I always have walk-on music. I'm obsessed with music and high energy music. And so you can imagine the music hits. As soon as that music hits, I'm walking onto the football stage and in the, uh, or the football stadium, and in the middle of the football stadium, you have a stage. And on that stage, you have a mix table set up. And I'm going to run up on the stage and get on the mix table. Mind you, the whole, the, all, the, all of the bleachers are filled with 10 to 20 high schools and their parents. And I'm going to play a set, and I'm going to turn everybody up with music, get everybody in the right frame of mind. And then I'm going to introduce the first motivational speaker to the stage. And they're going to go ahead and give their message for 30 to 45 minutes. Then I'll introduce the second motivational speaker to the stage. After that, I will give my message from the stage and then I'll end with a 15 minute set. And so we'll basically take that and we'll go all around the world with it. And we'll take video clips of that and we'll bring them right in here to Constant Smiles. So it'll be awesome to see what you and I are doing, how we're changing the world and people will get little teasers through the Constant Smiles podcast. So it's going to be great to see where this where this goes. And, you know, this is the very beginning of it. I'm super excited. We're going to be able to make a huge impact, change a whole bunch of lives. I mean, what, hey, wouldn't that be nice to get a celebrity on here and get them, get them a whole smile makeover? What, what do you think? Yes, it would be. Yeah. Wouldn't it be great? And it, this is an, not an embarrassing thing by any capacity. You know, there's not, um, you know, some people they don't have time to fix the teeth. Um, yeah. I don't think like, oh man, I've been used to this my whole life, but they would look amazing with a complete 
new smile makeover, but wouldn't it be nice to, to, to get some celebrity, some hip hop artist or country singer or NBA all-star, get them on here and just completely give them a brand new smile and tell them to come on here and ask them what their favorite song was. Yeah. Right. Of all time with their old school songs, their new school song and tell them about their, tell them about their song with their new song. Wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah, it would be. So yeah. I, I think, man, I mean, this YouTube thing is going to be new for, for me, but Rich, don't you think that people should comment in the comments below and tag? Yeah. Tag some of those celebrities you think you might like to, to see and hear on our, our podcast. That would be that would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because this podcast, we're going to have, uh, we're going to be interviewing celebrities and we'll talk about this on the, the next one, what our big vision is going to be. This is going to kind of like a preview mm-hmm. uh, for it. So we'll talk about the big picture. Uh, on our next um, video podcast, regular podcast of what the next, um, you know, what the, what the future holds for this video podcast. But as a teaser, you can go ahead and, and just tag the people that you want. Tag all the celebrities that you would like to see interviewed uh, by Rich and I uh, on, this, on this video podcast. And we're going to make this interesting, fun, about lifestyle. We're going to ask them some dental questions. And it's going to be a good time. We're going to learn, learn about them through music as well. So we're also going to learn about, you know, why they, why they think they're successful and the foundation of their success, their daily practices, what makes them happy and, and all that good stuff. So we're running out of time here, but I hope everybody enjoyed this, this episode of the podcast. Elijah has to run and go get some shampoo. And, uh, <laughs> we, the tanning bed. We, uh, we hope you all have a great day and remember to just keep smiling. Thank you for listening to Constant Smiles.